What's up, guys, and welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. If you are just joining us, today's episode is really near and dear to my heart. Today's guest is Jessa Hinton, and Jessa I can't explain to you how genuine of a human being and how gorgeous of a soul Jessa has. We just spent, honestly, I think it was close to two hours chatting and this episode's a little bit longer than our typical episodes, but I decided that I, it needed to be this long. Jessa is somebody that um, I got connected to when we were hosting our brunch in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, she was just really, really friendly and really cool and really down to earth. And especially for somebody that had a one with a 1.2 million following. So instantly I kind of took to her and I was interested to learn more about what she does and more of her, about her modeling career and things like that. But literally after listening to this episode, I just have such a heart and love for her. And Jessa is somebody that is so refreshing to talk to in terms of vulnerability, in terms of being authentic. And when I say authentic, I mean talking about your struggles, talking about things that are happening in your life, being a real human being and understanding that others are just real human beings as well. So I'm really excited about this episode. It also really, it's cool to hear somebody like Jessa who has, you know, worked in Playboy, who has been a model, you know, who is a single mom and, you know, has this awesome kid that she's raising and just trying to, you know, really raise him as a good human. And he's so badass. He, she tells all these stories about him. Anyway, it's so cool to hear social media from her perspective and to really get a fresh insight. You know, a lot of times, especially for our listeners, we, you know, you guys are within a certain demographic, right? You guys are following these bloggers. We're bringing on influencers. We're talking social media. We're talking marketing. We're talking, you know, about women ages ranging from 18 to 20, you know, 25 to 34, you know, whatever to really hear somebody just come in and talk about social media from a whole different perspective is so badass and so cool and so enlightening. And I just have such a heart for her. I really, really, really admire her. I love that she came on this podcast and that she wanted to be a part of it. And I love too that she is just empowering, encouraging women and just doing all the right things. So without further ado, I'd like us to get right in this episode. And I hope you guys love it as much as I do. I'm so excited to share it with you. Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. Today, I have the most beautiful, awesome, kick-ass Jessa Hinton uh, here with us today. I'm so excited. You actually came to my Influence LA brunch, and I got to meet you, and it was so awesome having you there. And I think we just we were kind of connecting earlier before this, and we we kind of are we've seen you've been on Amber Lee's podcast, The Shocker Girl. I wanted you on my podcast. I've been dying to get like grab a drink with you and just chat with you. So I'm so excited to have you on, and thanks for being here. Now we get to do both. We get to have a drink, and we get to talk and hang out while being on 
on the podcast. Yes. I love it. Killing yes. like three birds with one stone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are in LA. We're at the Beverly Hills Hotel. We're drinking champagne. I'm kind of living in my best life right now. This I was going to say, it's been, it's been a minute since I've been here and I forgot how bougie it was, but I'm like, oh, wait, wait. no, I belong here. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. When you kind of walk in, it's like the most intimidating thing ever. Cause like you walk up this red carpet and then everyone just kind of like looks at you and you walk in and you're like, Oh my God. Like I walked in here and I had like on like a white sweatshirt and leggings. And I was like, I feel like I don't fit in here. Well, also <laughs> it's, it's the weekend. So everybody's dressed to like, you know, they're the dressed nines. like they're going to the Oscars and here I am in like a hoodie and sweats. I'm like, all right, well I'm here for a purpose. Everybody, you know, it's funny though. The last time I came here, I came here to have a business meeting at the, it's the polo mm-hmm. lounge, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, somebody who wanted to manage me. And so oh. I dressed really, really cute. And the way that people were looking at me was like, I was a hooker. No, like, I promise you, I promise you. Cause I wanted to dress up and I dressed yeah. nice and they looked at me like, Oh, can I help you to the room? I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to, to the polo lunch. So this is a very <laughs> different experience where I'm like in my sweats. Oh, I'm like, no, I'm actually being a female. Thank you very much. It's like, I have to have that on my sweater saying I'm here for a meeting. I'm, I'm actually here to do business. Exactly. Let's Cause be if honest. you look around, it's all older, you know, business, you know, a lot of the, the women here are dressed in like Cartier and here I am like, yeah. I'm like, you little Lexus. It's she's barely, <laughs> she's barely holding on, but she's there. Stop I it. But no, you look amazing. So oh I would have dressed gosh. up a little bit more if I knew that you were going to look as beautiful. As look, you do. I mean, most days I'm literally not dressed up unless I'm in the office. I'm like, my hair's in a bun. Actually, you should have seen me probably five minutes before you got here. I was in the robe with the slippers and the towel in my hair and just like laying in bed (laughs) there are two little girls out there that are they have to be 10 or 11 and they're in their robe and they just got a mani pedi and they're on their phone just chatting away in the lobby in their robes and i'm like oh this is what it's like to be rich okay (laughs) oh yeah like i I never had this growing up so shit (laughs) this is la for you this is intimidating i'm not gonna i live here but i don't live here i live like about 30 minutes north so yeah it's, it's definitely a, a refresher walking in and seeing these little girls just like having it all and probably they Dude. hate their life probably. They hate their <laughs> right? life. Dude, they have no idea. They're just like, ugh. Like, ugh. Like if they could have a glass of champagne in their hands, they would probably be They're more it. stressed than we are. And I don't <laughs> understand that life. But speaking of, yes, cheers. Thank you for having cheers. me on of your course. podcast. Of course. I'm so excited. So tell us a little bit about your story. You know, I mean, you have this incredible following you know, you are, I love, I honestly live for your Instagram stories. They bring me life every single day. You have this amazing son. You're just such a genuine person. And I, I want to hear about how this all started. And like, honestly, like I, I didn't even do a little bit of research on you because I wanted to hear the story firsthand and I wanted to really hear you tell it. And I want to talk too about, you know, your level of influence and how you have this community and even kind of what we were chatting with before about, you know, what different platforms you were kind of leveraging you know, to be a real person and to really, you know, kind of communicate your own personality and brand through all of this. It's funny because social media kind of just happened. And, and the one that really started it all, I think, was Twitter. Mm. So once Twitter came out, I think that's when. So, OK, so I'll, I'll rewind. So I'm a mom. My son is now 11 and I didn't start really anything until I was late 20s. So a lot of people when they model or when they start to get into any kind of social media influence of any Mm -hmm. kind. They're like 16, 17. These girls look like they're in their twenties and they're like 15 beauty gurus on on YouTube. And here I am, like I was coaching competitive gymnastics and I moved from um, LA to Vegas just to kind of get like away. Second, I turned 21. I met my now Mm ex-husband. He was my bartender for the very first job that I ever got cocktailing. So quit gymnastics, moved to Vegas at 21, 
met my husband at the time, had my son. And then I was approached after having my son when I was cocktailing. I was 26, 27, um, asked to do Playboy. Oh my and gosh. I modeled here and there, not really, but I was like laughing, like here I am now divorced at the time uh-huh. in my late twenties. I have a son and this one playmate was one of my customers. She's like, no, you'd be great. I'm like, yeah, okay. She took some of my pictures on MySpace and sent it into Playboy. I got a no phone call way. the next weekend to come down and test. I had my aunt tried out for Playboy. My mom was talking about like, that was something that they thought of as like celebrities, like mm-hmm. the Anna Nicole's, like all those women are put on this pedestal. So I humored myself and I went and I was made playmate and it was July, 2011. No way. Again, I was one of the, like the oldest girls to ever be a playmate. And that's, I, and which is like grandma years for Playboy. Right. But that's like not old at all. That's no, all. but, but it is in modeling world. <laughs> and insane. when people would ask my age, I didn't know it was going to be a big deal. But when I started voicing my age, women are like, oh, wow. Like maybe I could do it or maybe I could model or make an, maybe, you know, after my, my son, my body before my son was very like boy, very tomboyish. Uh-huh. I got hips after my son. I felt more like a woman than I ever had before. Wow. And those pictures are to me, like the best I've ever looked. If you asked anybody, nobody's comfortable enough in their own skin, but that gave me a voice. I was very shy before. I wasn't the person that I am now because I didn't really believe in myself because I thought that I was, it was too old to do anything. I hear I'm cocktailing like, well, what, what, what career do I want? I went to school to be a laser technician, Mm -hmm. thought I'd be doing that. Life just kind of took me in a different way. And from there started a Twitter account, grew that really quick because I'm a big meme freak. I love memes. I love humor. <laughs> you there, do your Instagram stories I are I the mean, best. <laughs> and Snapchat, people would come up to me when I started Snapchat saying, I follow your Snapchat. Like every day I look forward to your Snapchats because I share more of the, the humorous side of my yeah. life, which is what I, I personally live for. Like I love to laugh. Yeah. And so when I was modeling and I was doing Playboy, I traveled all over the world. I grew up very, very poor. I'm the eldest of five kids. We lived in the 94 earthquake in Northridge. We lost everything. Wow. My parents, like we, everything. And we only had the clothes on our back. So my parents moved to, if anybody lives in LA, Lancaster, which is like meth capital of the world, because that's all they could <laughs> afford after yeah. we lost everything. So here I am flying first class to, to, to Japan, to Australia, to Peru, being a brand ambassador for Playboy and speaking on behalf of the company. And that's another thing that was hard because I was a mom. I was a single mom. And so mm-hmm. my son, while I was traveling, spent all the time that he could with my ex-husband. Wow. So I lost a lot of that time trying to build a name for myself while being told like, oh, well, that's not what mom should do. Well, you know, the, the dads are supposed to, to make the money. Well, if I wasn't going to make my own money, nobody else was going to make it. So I had to make my own money. Yeah. So the social media that I had back then was more male-based because of Playboy. Right. But from there... I got a lot of the female following from being as honest as I could be about being a mom, about working as, as hard as I could coming from nothing and creating something. Everybody that I've ever dated, like we all pretty much, they had normal jobs. I didn't really date any celebrities. I didn't date anybody of influence. I was more concerned on making a life for me and my son and anybody that I would date would kind of just be a bonus to that. Never looking for anybody else to take care of me. And then Playboy started to kind of go downhill and I parted from them and I did more TV hosting. So I did stuff for poker. I did stuff for boxing and then completely changed my brand by dyeing my hair red because I was blonde my whole life, dyed my hair red, completely cut off Playboy, didn't work another day for them because I wanted 
a different lifestyle. I wanted mm-hmm. to have more of that female engagement. And the older I got, I wanted to encourage women that it's not too late to change whatever destiny that they want. Social media has a niche for everybody, yeah. body, body shape, sizes, height. You know, everybody pretends to be so wealthy and so perfect. There's yeah. women that are still living with their parents, making it out like they're traveling the world. Nobody really knows the real deal. So the no. more I can be vulnerable and the more that I can share my struggles with being a mom, with working my ass off, with trying to be the best version of myself, I can do that by being vulnerable and, and sharing all these hard times and hopefully encourage women to want to step out of the comfort zone and really try something that they thought that they never could. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like a little of the backstory of where I came from, mostly male following from Playboy and then completely just cut off that and catered more towards women and being as open as I could oh about being a mom and, and I guess an influencer now, even though I don't look at myself as an influencer, <laughs> it's weird when people are like, what do you do for a living? I say I'm a mom, like, cause yeah. that's number one for me, but my category or, or my job, what I get paid the most for is social media. I yeah. do get paid for that. So yeah. that would put me, I guess, in that category. <laughs> I mean, well, let's, let's break that down in your own words. What is an influencer? I would say somebody of influence people look up to people. It's hard because I want to say it's people follow this person and they trust what they say. They believe in what they do, but then social media has turned into, into this like money pit where people are promoting anything. And I felt, I fell victim to that in the beginning of it where I would have companies saying, I'll pay you 5,000 to post this one time. And mm-hmm. which is great money, like That's coming insane. from yeah. nothing like that. I had more money than I'd ever had, but right. long-term I knew that if I was going to be promoting every single thing under the sun, the, the long game would be, nobody would trust me. Nobody would believe me. Totally. So even though I was turning down a lot of money, when I mean a lot, like it breaks my heart, even still thinking about the money I've turned down <laughs> long-term, I want every single person that follows me to know that if I put my name on something or behind something, it's because I do believe in it. And wow. that, that's what I want to work towards is creating a good community of women. And even some of the men that still follow me that have questions that, that want to look to somebody that will give the blunt hardcore truth and they can find that in me. That's, that's my goal. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that you, it's so funny because like you're so authentic and you're such a genuine like soul that it's so interesting. I mean, like, and again, I follow you, so I feel like I'm slightly biased, but you do, you come off so genuine and you have this such an authentic personality via social media. And it's so refreshing. I mean, right down to the memes, you know, and talking (laughs) about your son. So tell us, I mean, and you know, what are your, 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 what is your following app currently right now? So I guess we'll go over all social media. So Twitter, I don't really use that much. I feel like it's now a a very young demographic Mm -hmm. or I found that YouTubers use it to communicate with their fans via Twitter. I don't know. I don't do YouTube. That's interesting. Yeah. I've never heard that before. A lot of, a lot of YouTubers were pushing Twitter as far as seeing like the direct ads and mentions rather than on their YouTube comments. It was just, you know, all the way down. Right. But my Twitter is at, I think 280,000 and I haven't touched it in a while. Um, Facebook, my fan page is at almost 3 million Okay. on Instagram. It's 1.2 million. Okay. And then Snapchat, my Snapchat was great. I was doing really well. I was getting like 300,000 views per like, because of my memes wow. and because of my rants <laughs> with my son. Yeah. Cause I would just, he would piss me off so much. And I would just kind of talk about what it's like being stressed, you know, having a yeah. kid people, Oh, you know, having a kid's the best thing that happened to me. Yeah, he is the best thing, but it fucking stresses me out too. Like he's, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a single mom of a son who's like yeah. a preteen and he has a mouth on him. And with technology, these kids think that they can 
say whatever they want. And the second you try to discipline them, that they're going to call child services. It's like, no, no, no. I grew up in a house where my mom would give me a look and I knew my, I was going to get in big, big trouble. (laughs) So that my Snapchat was like my baby and I never promoted or got paid to post anything on Snapchat. And I think that's why I did so well on it Mm -hmm. was because they knew that whatever I was talking about Starbucks, whatever it was, it was because I really believed in it. But Instagram, I was, like I said, taking all of these paychecks because that's how I made my money. I wasn't modeling anymore. I wasn't working for Playboy and Playboy. I would, like I said, I was making such good money traveling around the world but I lost a lot of that time with my son. Yeah. So to compensate, I had to take the paychecks for posting on social media. Now I live comfortably, but when you hear influencers talk about the money they make, it's crazy how much money these people are making to promote products. It's, I mean, doctors aren't making this money. I'm going to, I don't want to talk shit about influencers, but a lot of people can't even compose an email. Like they have to have somebody do it for them. And it makes me, my son, honey, what do you want to be when you grow up? A YouTuber? No, no. You will, go to, you will go to school. I don't care if you want to paint and, and whatever you want to do, but mm-hmm. you're going to still continue school and YouTube is not going to be your, your, what you aspire to be as an adult. But that's our gen, our generation now is everybody yeah. wants a quick buck and they, social media is a fast way to get it. It's so funny that you say that. Cause we were literally just talking about it. I was asked, what's the one thing that you see people doing wrong on social media? And I was like, people think it's a, it's a get rich quick scheme. Uh-huh. They really do. And I mean, I also too, I want to dive back into this. I mean, these massive um, followings that you have, because how do you, deal with that? Like, how do you deal with people, you know, you you know, being an influencer and being kind of like this, like celebrity in the influencer space and the social media space. And, you know, even like when you, you know, what is it like? What, it, what, it, and we were kind of talking about it because you're such a real person and you're so genuine, but what is it like having such a massive following like that? When I first moved to LA, so I became a playman in 2011. I moved to LA from Vegas because I had stayed out there in 2012. When I moved from Vegas to LA, that's when everything just hit. And I was doing like PR tours and I was doing all of this. The schedule was so crazy, but I would have said that I had a hundred friends like moving out here. I was at every event. I was at every party. And the best saying is everybody wants to ride the limo with you, ride in the limo with you, but nobody wants to take the bus with you. So Mm. once I realized that all this shit was fake, that, that I didn't want to take time or get a babysitter if it didn't make sense career wise, not just to go to parties and be invited, you know, to the red carpet stuff. After a while, I'm like, well, it's not really feeding my soul. Like it was the same thing over and over again. Once I stopped going to those things, I stopped getting phone calls. I stopped getting hit up, you know, by these people who I thought were my friends. Wow. And it's because people want to hang out with the same or equal level of fame, or if it's higher than theirs, then Mm -hmm. they can also grow with you. I would have game nights where they would have to keep their phone at the door. Like if you want to come over to my house and I'll host it, I'll get alcohol, I'll, you know, get food. Yeah. Be real. And I I invited makeup artists to models to just people like my Starbucks barista. I invited all these people and the people that really wanted to connect, they were there every single week. But the fact that they had to leave their phone and they couldn't get a picture of the who's who were there, some people stopped showing up because oh, they were there for the wrong reasons. And I started to really figure out who my friends were. So now yeah. I'm more of a hermit because I've already done all of that. And I, and I tell these, these girls who are really trying. And and I get hit up a lot. Like, how do you grow your following? How do you have to understand the beast that comes with it as well? So the more that you become a name or a brand, a lot of people will start to come after you and then they'll either want you to do well, but they'll never want you to do better than they do. Mm -hmm. Um, they'll want you to do well because they want to go along to all of these events with you. 
And you have to really become aware of the energy you put around you and your family. I have to protect my son too. Yeah. So going out, like people would come up to him and be like, oh my God, your mom's so funny. And he would be out with like a babysitter, like with his dad, your mom's so funny. I love her on Instagram. So people start recognizing him and I'm like, oh God, like that's scary also for me to put him on there, even though it's my life, his life is now in, in the public eye. So it's great that I can connect with all of these people via social media, but at the same time, I've definitely distanced myself from a lot of the bullshit and also protecting him more and me from being hurt or being let down by a lot of people that just want the fame and the fortune of social media. Totally. Totally. And that's, you know, it's so interesting that you say that, especially about like your, you know, your tribe and your circle and the energy that you create and things like that. And I don't think people really, you know, especially too, like you've put so much work into this for you and for your family and to provide your son with this amazing life that I don't think people really understand the amount of work that goes into it or that you created. And that, like you said, even protecting people with such a mass following, you know, it can get scary. There is a little bit of a beast to it. There is a little bit of a weird nature to it. And it's, it's so, I love it because I feel like I don't really get to hear that side of it. You know, we, we talk with influencers and whatnot, but I mean, from you, from, you know, from Playboy to you being this advocate for women and things like that, like you've really touched so many people, like touched and really engaged with them, not just on product basis, not just on sponsored posts or modeling. Like you've really reached out and connected with them. And that's just so it's, it's interesting. It's so crazy. The the best thing for me is seeing how I went from such a heavy male following to now having these guys who basically were following me four of my pictures and four, you know, Mm -hmm. because of Playboy who are now, you know, dads or, or they're dating women that have kids or they just follow me for my memes. The conversion of men that at the beginning were like, let me see your tits to now like (laughs) your son is such a great artist or your son. And you, when you guys do your rants, they crack me up. It's men that actually stayed because of what I talk about or because of the, the memes that I, that I love to post and because of my son. And I was scared because I thought, well, the second that I start catering more to women, I'm going to lose a lot of the engagement that kept my numbers up. And for a while it did. And sometimes it still does now, Mm -hmm. but long-term I would rather quality versus quantity. So you see all these influencers, micro influencers and macro influencers, they're killing the game. They're making more money than a lot of people that have over a million followers because they have that engagement. They have that little like niche following of people that will buy or, or follow them to wherever. And so when you worry about the numbers, you start to lose track of why you're doing it mm. and why you want to continue being a social media influencer. And a lot right. of bigger influencers got so comfortable with the millions of followers that now they're really having to like scramble to make content relative because all these macro and micro influencers are killing the game now. Totally. So yeah, it's just, I think it's staying focused on what is authentic to you. And I don't think a lot of influencers know what they want to do or what, what they love. They just throw, they throw stuff up there in hopes that it would reel people in and, and keep them as far as like the engagement high. But a lot of time you look at their feed, you're like, I'm so lost. Like yeah. you were so like consistent, and cohesive. And now it's like, you're throwing up boob pictures. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Everything was so beautiful and like curated. And now it's like you, you lose that. And Instagram is smart. They're making it. So you have to pay for ads. They're making, yeah. you know, the algorithm so hard for, for people to stay at the top of everybody's radar. And I get the, the business side of it. But then again, you have people that this is their bread and butter and this is mm-hmm. how they make their living. So if you're not keeping your following engaged and happy, 
they're going to go elsewhere and Instagram's going to push other people to other people and then you're going to lose the game. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, and that's something we, I feel like I've ranted about Instagram so many times on this podcast because it's so, it's so interesting how they're almost, I don't want to say manhandling the community, but they kind of are. I mean, they created a monster and now we're kind of paying for it because they didn't figure out a way how to monetize all the brand deals and get a percentage on the back end or, you know, all these things like that. So of course they're making it harder. Of course, you know, I mean, it it was really interesting. We were talking about algorithms and I had Brittany Crystal on. She was talking to me about LinkedIn. Just the way that the LinkedIn algorithm works, it's like you're so able and easy to connect with these high, high CEOs and these people that you think are untouchable but yeah, you can't get your freaking photo seen for I the know. life of you, even by your family on and, Instagram. And, and what's weird <laughs> is Instagram started off as just sharing, you know, personal pictures and yeah. it became this, this beast. And I think Twitter, Twitter, you made decent money, Facebook, you made, but nowadays when people ask your numbers, nobody cares about Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, everybody wants Instagram. So if they 100%. were smart back in the day, even blogs, everybody's, yeah. you know, I'm redoing my blog to make it just more like always there. So people can always go in and and get their information. Nobody cares about your monthly visits anymore. Nobody wants to see your blog or, you know, any of the the written word. It's all YouTube and Instagram. That's it. You know, it's so funny you say that because I was, I was talking to a brand and I was like, forget what deal it was, but we were talking about a brand deal. And I was like, yeah, like I'll even like, I'll even like send you over like the traffic that we get like off the sponsored thing from, you know, from my website or whatever, or going to my website or something like that. And they were like, oh yeah, we don't, it's fine. Like, we don't need to see it. You're like, but I have numbers, so let me show and you. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. Like, back in the day, like, Google Analytics, like, website traffic. It that was huge. It's huge. Yeah. And I even talked to, I had a somebody else I was talking to about Pinterest. And I was saying how Pinterest generated all this website traffic, right? Mm-hmm. And the person goes, well, I just don't know if I think that, that that's a big deal. The world is shifting completely to what people think is is relevant or what people want to see. I love Pinterest. That's where I get a lot of my memes from. Um, (laughs) But what I've noticed to a lot of the fashion bloggers, they're still so active on Pinterest and they do have a website. Mm -hmm. So it keeps people, you're basically just redirecting people to go to all of your different things. 100%. So those girls have high engagement. They, I mean, I think I follow one girl and I follow her Pinterest boards because she's like inspiration like every day. But her YouTube, I think she only has, and I say only, but for a YouTuber, like 20,000 followers, which for a YouTuber is not a lot. Right. But her engagement on Instagram is so high. And I think it's because of Pinterest. She's always redirecting to her Pinterest. And then her Pinterest is redirecting um, everybody back to Instagram. So people are getting inspiration for their clothing and like the Uh colors through Pinterest and her Instagram because her numbers on Pinterest are high. That is so, so yeah, it's weird how people use certain things to bounce customers, you know, back and yeah. forth. Guaranteed to use Pinterest as a leverage for brands to work with. Oh, 100%. Well, and I've even seen, I mean, you know, now you can see how many monthly visits a Pinterest mm-hmm. board gets. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like kind of a cool idea because like, you can't hide that number. Like that's like, oh. that's like putting your insights out there and just being like, here it is, which I think is really ballsy of Pinterest, but I kind of love it. I do too. Yeah. And literally, and then the other thing is too, is that it, we were, I was actually talking with a girl on this podcast and she was a, just her only deal was a strategist for Pinterest. She'd help bloggers. She'd help brands. Like that was her only thing. She's like, I will tell you how many boards you need to create, like what to do, like literally set it all up for you. Like that was her only job. And she, she's killing it. I mean, I reached out to her for a client. She's like, I'm slammed. 
and she's and she literally she says she generates I'll have to I'm I'm totally not remembering numbers but it was something crazy like the amount of traffic she could just generate just Pinterest just Pinterest and it's you and like you don't even think I think of Pinterest I think of like recipes or like when I want something to eat like that's what I think of it as and she's making a lot of money because Pinterest is still for certain people a huge deal in their brands when they negotiate numbers and, and money. Yeah. Well, I mean, even think about like, let's just talk recipes. Like, you know, what if it's a, you know, if it's a cream cheese, like I'm thinking of like Philadelphia and how they do all those like crazy, like, you know, doughy pizza, cream cheese filled, like, you know, casseroles or whatever, something like that. Like that's a brand deal. Yeah. That's a, that's a pitch for Philadelphia. No recipes, uh, home decor, all of that. Mm -hmm. So I think once, as far as if you want to be an influencer and people say hone in, on like what you specialize in or whatever. Cause everybody's a lifestyle blogger. Like when yeah. I think of like what I talk about, it is lifestyle because it's mm-hmm. everything, but you really have to really like dis- dissect everything that you do and what brings you the most joy. And then you can use Pinterest for that reason. But if you're like, I'm going to talk about fitness and food and, and mom stuff and this and that, it's like, you're going to go crazy trying to get so much content in for all these different things but you're going to lose yourself totally. because you, you, you don't love each thing you're doing. You just think that you have to put up all of this stuff and yeah. one will bite. No, one will bite when you figure out what you want to bite. Totally. No, I, the Pinterest thing, I, I definitely think there's money to be made on that. Yeah, I do too. And I think it's crazy that people, maybe it just hasn't had its moment yet. Like maybe it's still and it's not been around for a while. Well, and so, you know, it's funny cause I was talking to you too, or I was talking about to, with somebody about YouTube and I was kind of saying the same thing. I was like, I, I don't think YouTube's had their moment. And they're like, no, you're wrong. They, but YouTube's having their moment. It's with the younger generation and you're just not seeing it. There is a few of my friends who basically started off just kind of starting to be influencers, not really like 2,000 followers, 5,000 followers. Let's go up to now they have 60,000 followers. They start YouTube. And this is, I know two girls that have done this. They started YouTube no numbers on YouTube, but they had a presence. They're making about 600 to a thousand dollars a post. No because, way. Yes, they are. Wow. And they have under a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, but because they have a presence on YouTube. So of course people are coming to me, like you're losing a lot of money by not having YouTube, YouTube pretty much, which honestly, I probably do. I probably have lost a lot, but if I don't wake up and I love what I'm talking about on YouTube, you're going to see my face and because you follow me, you're going to know, like, I can't bring myself to like, come out with the words like, Hey guys, welcome to my channel. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't do it. And even though I'm losing money, I'll laugh at myself every single time I go to hit record and it's not going to be genuine because that's who I am. But like podcasts, I used to have a podcast with podcast one Um, podcast. I do enjoy, but I think that again, you have to like really love, love, love. And with, yeah. with the stuff that I'm doing with my son, that came before anything else. So Instagram is like my main, my main baby. But once I have like more of a routine schedule with my son, yeah, podcast is like where I feel the most alive. The yeah. YouTube thing, having people follow me around or, or filming myself, like I know I'm gonna go to Home Depot. Hey, everybody, look at me holding my like. I am embarrassed for people that do that, <laughs> and and I don't understand it. I'll go with my own phone on my Instagram, but I'm only talking like, I'm not trying to make money at Home Depot. I'm just trying to show them that I hate Home Depot because nobody helps me. But if I were to go on YouTube and have my phone out and show that I'm at Home Depot, I would feel so stupid. So for me, YouTube is a great way to make money, but I can't do it because it just doesn't, it doesn't feel good to me Mm -hmm. to do that. 
that's all. No, I'm, I mean, it's actually, it's really funny you say that. Cause I, so I have this really good girlfriend and she's on a TV show called the American dream out of San Diego. And she's great on film. Like I've never seen someone just be able to turn it on and just like spew magic and right. just like totally great. I, I can't, I can't do it. Like podcasting's my shit. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's cause you can't see my face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but every time I go to like do the camera thing or like even like Instagram, like I, like my friends all make fun of me cause I am so awkward and I do do the Hey guys. Cause mm-hmm. like, I don't know what else to say. I, it just doesn't come natural. It's not natural. It's like, not in natural. Front of camera, like when I was interviewing people, I loved it. Like I yeah. like being on camera, but it wasn't about me. Oh, it was about okay. the other people. So interviewing, I got some people to talk about shit that they wouldn't normally talk about. Cause I think outside of the box, I want to yeah. know like weird stuff about people. So on camera, I'm great, but it's not in a narcissistic way. And yeah. even nowadays, cause I still model, I still do like a lot of costume photo shoots. I'll take pictures behind the scenes, but as I get older, I think too, me holding the camera and, and panning all over my body and my face to, to show how great I look, that feels unnatural to me. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm becoming more in touch with, and this is not for everybody, but I'm becoming more in touch with the more, the humor side of myself and, mm-hmm. and the more real shit going on with me and my son and the day-to-day stuff that it, that's not important to me anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, I like what I do and I, I make good money still modeling. But for me, I want people to come up to me and say like, I follow you because of who you are. I follow you because of your memes. Like most yeah. people do. That feels good. Not well, can I get a picture with you because yeah. I follow you. It's like, I follow you because you're funny. I follow you because you and your son. And I get that so much. And that makes my heart so happy that people follow me for the right reasons rather than the pictures I put up. Like that's all, that's all fake. That's all good lighting, makeup, all of that. Like that, there's a lot of work that goes into looking <laughs> the way that we put up on Instagram. And that's just the real truth. And, and the girls that, that look up to these women, like they're, they're flawless goddesses. It's like, no, yeah. that's, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of fucking work, dude. A lot of Botox, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, after you get 30, a lot of Botox that makes you look the way you do. Shout out to the girl that does my face, but that's the stuff nobody wants to talk about. Nobody I wants know. to talk about what they get done. Oh, yeah. I'll ask friends, friends, girls that are my actual friends. Mm-hmm. Who do you go to? What? Oh no, I don't, I don't go to anybody. Bitch, you're 35. I know no. you go to somebody. Don't, you're going to lie to me. So me, <laughs> I'll tell you where I go. Who's the best? Because I don't want you messing up your face. I don't want, yeah. why would I lie about that? I would yeah. rather somebody say you look good for your age rather than, oh, you're looking, you, you lie and say you're 29. You mm-hmm. look 34. It's like, no, I'd rather somebody say you look good for your age. 100%. So 100%. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Dude, that's, I mean, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. That's crazy. And I, I love what you said too, where you're like, there's so much work that goes into this and like people don't really understand it's social media and it is like social media is such it's just such a different animal and we talk about it I mean I've talked to different social media strategists I've talked to you know women in the PR game that are still have no understanding of how to operate it or how to handle it and there was um I I totally took her quote but she said social media is like the wild wild west and I was like it totally is because you have I mean, the other thing is too, like you said, like you have these girls making six figures off one brand deal. It's so crazy. It's, in, it's stupid. 19, 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. They're making six figures off a brand deal, but yet you have somebody that has 2000 followers and she can increase sales for one month by 25% just because she uses a discount code with a swipe up or, or whatever. She put a link in her bio. Yeah. There's different ways to make money and there's different ways to collaborate and, and, and to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And when you get lost in chasing the money, I feel like that's when you start to lose at the game. 
yeah. when you start to really figure out, well, I want long-term versus that one post, then you're going to make it. A lot of girls make stupid money off of one post, but then they lose that engagement because nobody trusts them. And that's what happened to me. I was, I was making great money, mm-hmm. but then every day I was having to promote content that I didn't believe in. Yeah. And that's fake for me. So the yeah. older I get, I'm like, well, it doesn't feel right. Like getting up and you have to get photo shoot ready. You have to do all this stuff to promote this thing one time. And then it's, it's done. Well, what about when I really believe in something or what about when I have a product that I want to create myself, mm-hmm. people are gonna be like, no, you're getting paid to promote it. No, no. But this time it's really me. Like this time I believe in it. It's basically the girl who cried wolf. Yeah. That's, you know, it's really funny too. And so on my personal Instagram, it's really funny. I don't do like a, very many brand deals. I have one girl <clears throat> who styles me then she gives me and we work together for clothing and that's like pretty much my exchange is like product. Then I have another girl that I just did a little really cute hair scrunchie with. And that was a product exchange. And I was, we were sitting at the dinner table with family and they're like, oh, well you get paid to post all that stuff. And I looked at them. I was like, I mean, I, I sh- probably should be charging money. I was right. like, but I don't. And I, and that even was kind of like, I felt a little called out on my end where I was like, wait a minute, do people not know that like, I'm not charged because I'm, I mean, we work with brands all day long. Right. If I wanted to be an influencer, I shouldn't say an influencer, but if I wanted to be doing, if I wanted to be somebody that was making my, my money, my income off products, I would be doing it. Right. But I, I don't have the time to, or, you know, whatever, that's not my gig. But it was, it was really interesting that they said that. And I was like, it, you know, it kind of called me out on the carpet. I was like, shit, like, do, what people do think. they think that? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want that. I don't want that look. I don't want that feeling in you, like you said, because it does make people go, uh, like, oh. And that's what's hard when people ask, what do you do for a living? I hate with like every ounce of my being to say I'm an influencer because Mm -hmm. it's such like this broad term that everybody uses now. And I mean, I, the amount of knowledge and and the amount that like, I, I love to read, like I've had every single like marketing book or like, that's like my baby. When people are like, Oh, what are you doing on a Friday night? I'm probably reading. Like, I love that about myself that I can sit You're down so and my own company <laughs> with a glass of wine and a bath and just read because oh, girl, that's awesome. I have to be able to, and I meet a lot of very successful men when I go to like all these business meetings, because I also do consulting for in public speaking on social media influencers on how to work with brands, how to become an influencer. And I need to be able to hold a conversation. So I don't like not knowing what people are saying. So if there's something that I don't know, or if somebody says something and I'm not familiar, I will go home and read and I'll make sure that the next time I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I have all these people that ask like, what do you do? And it's okay to change what you do. People are like, well, you know, this is what I've done and what I went to school for. It's like, no, like Mm -hmm. there's so much time in, in your life to change I've had 8 million different jobs and each one has given me something different and it was great or it it was bad. But to sit there and say, like, if you did want to become an actual influencer, you can do that. Oh, and it crossed my mind. Yeah. (laughs) But why not have as much knowledge as you can about so many different things and have your hands in so many different pots? Because then you won't ever get bored. Like, I'm very restless. I get bored easily. So to have opportunities, even as an influencer to meet the people that you get to meet, to travel, you know, to all these places. The one thing that I, that I say to influencers or when I talk to brands, look for somebody that is not going to overpromise and underdeliver because mm. everybody now that, that is an influencer, they'll, you know, promise you that the, the stars and, you know, want an exchange of like a hotel room somewhere or like a, a flight somewhere. And they'll say, I'll do this, this, and this for you. But once they get their end of the deal, they don't give you what you deserve. So wow, a lot of people, yeah. when you are an influencer, you're putting, it's like a nine to five job, even more yeah. because you are planning everything. Like I have a rolling rack for like all the clothes that I'm going to shoot. I have mood boards. 
I put in time and energy into what I'm going to shoot because I want to provide value. Right. A lot of people throw up a picture and you know, their hair and makeup ready and they think that that's what an influencer is, but it's like, no, just because you're pretty, there's a lot of people that are pretty. There's yeah. a lot of models that are agency represented that <clears throat> can't get jobs because they don't have a social media following because they don't like to post five times a day or that's however much, so but they're beautiful women yeah. who are working their asses off on the runway or at photo shoots that are 10 hours a day. But you get one girl that, you know, used to work at Arby's and she has a beautiful body. Now she, she's posting thong pictures and she's making, you know, 10 grand a post. Yeah. Yet you have women working their asses off as legit models mm -hmm. that are with agencies. But the first thing they ask you is what are your social media numbers? Not wow. how tall are you? This, that they're signing girls that are five, one, five, two, because they have all of this, you know, following and those agencies can make deals and make money off of their commission off these girls that are bringing in money. It's Holy so crazy shit. to me. Modeling is not modeling anymore. I was just, so that's what, let's go, let's, let me, I'm going to ask that question because that's in the back of my head. How has the modeling scene changed now that social media, I mean, you kind of explained it, but like what else is happening in the modeling mm. scene? Same with actors, same thing. Who's promoting American Express? Who's doing these, you know, Jeep commercials now? Who's getting roles in, in these Tyler Perry movies? Mm -hmm. It's now like influencers because they see how much, people love these influencers and they can drive traffic into the movie. They can drive traffic into, you know, the Jeep, you know, the automobile company, a lot of actors that, that went to school for it, that are, you know, method acting that, that move here and yeah. they, they have this passion. They're not making the same amount of money and same with the models, unless they have a social media pre uh, following. So that's more pressure on them. Not only are they studying this like craft or they're, they're, they're really trying. And again, I've seen models who just take my breath away and they have 2000 followers and you know that they're not getting deals be, or getting even jobs yeah. for companies because they don't have that kind of push to drive people, you know, to the brands. Kendall Jenner was the top paid model mm. in 2018. What are you fucking kidding? Me? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. And you, I, like, and I have to so say it, but you know, that's because of the Kardashians, but like, that's, that's what's, it. She's gorgeous. Like is her Bella, yes. like they're gorgeous but they're not models. Like they, yeah. they're models because of who they came from. Like, and, and that's the, the nature of the beast is it's, it's affording these, these people lifestyles that they never could have had, but you have to call a spade a spade. She is a top paid model because of the family that she was born into. 100%. There are models that kill it. I looked up to like Naomi Campbell and mm. when she, I will watch every interview because they ask her, they say, what do you think about this person? She laughs because these women put this time and energy and live and breathe and they work their ass off. Those models don't exist anymore. The OG models don't yeah. exist anymore. It's now influencer models. These oh, girls I that have the chills. I don't know if I love that. I don't know if I'm, if I'm I don't fan. love it. And I, and again, I love Kendall Jenner, but the fact that she was the highest paid model that blows my mind out of all the other women out there that I mean, just even runway presence or, you know, the social media influencers that are now Victoria's Secret models. Yeah. Like, it's like these women, like that was the dream of any model. And they were, you know, competing against, you know, everybody. But now these influencers are, they're getting kind of like locked in positions because they need eyes to view yeah. their shows. And, and I get, I get the game, but at the same time, it kind of makes you really think that if you're going to stay in touch with what's real and what's not, don't beat yourself up because you're not these people understand why they mm -hmm. are where they are. It's because of who they were born into. It's because of the, the makeovers that they got, you know, whatever helped them get there, find what you love to do and 
you will be happy every single day rather than aspiring to be somebody or something that you're not. And people yeah. want to chase the money. They want to chase the fame. It's not all that it's cracked up to be. Like there are days that I really want to erase all my social media. I just want to delete everything. Yeah. And it's because you start, you start comparing yourself to people. Mm -hmm. Like I started really doubting myself because I chose to spend more time at home with my son rather than working. And I lost a lot of money. And when you go to pay your bills, like I'm, again, I'm comfortable, but when you go to pay your bills and you realize that you made so much money because you chased that, mm -hmm. it kind of, it makes you check yourself a little bit. You're like, well, man, I could be making more money if I just, you know, did that job. And if I just, but then I'm like, no, but my son is more important. So I want to spend time with him. So keeping that in the front of my head mm -hmm. kind of makes me focus on the jobs I take and what I do, because I know what's important rather than the life that I know is fake. Cause I've been in it. It is still hard to go on social media and not compare yourself as a mother, as a woman, whatever it is, body, you know, shaming, all of that. Mm -hmm. Every woman has insecurities and, and we all, we all will compare ourselves to other women because that's just the nature of who we are. But when you really start to look at yourself in the mirror and you start to think about what makes my heart happy, what makes my, my soul happy, you know, what, what does my family think or, or these people in my life and my circle, are they doing well for me? Are they making me happy? If you're answering no, then you really need to kind of take a step back, mm -hmm. get off social media for a little bit. And then you find yourself. I think what is, yeah. what is the average number of minutes people spend on social media? Oh, just Facebook alone is 30 minutes a day. Okay. So that's just Facebook. That's Instagram just Facebook. has to be a oh, crazy it's number. Like two hours. Ask any influencer, especially female. And again, this is so sad. The last book they read. Oh. Guaranteed they're going to say the secret. Guaranteed they're going to say the secret. <laughs> and that's sad. If I had a daughter, yeah. that would be something like, no, just you can't even read a teleprompter because you're not reading. So your, your brain isn't right. catching up with, because we're so hooked on our phones and instant gratification and we skim through articles, but it's like the amount of time that people are actually educating themselves has gone down significantly that we're dumbing ourselves. Like oh, we're, we're, we're so making true. ourselves, we're not as, as a female and again, I'm all about female empowerment and, and mm -hmm. making sure that our youth, the, the, the women that we're raising, you don't raise your daughters like princesses. You raise them as queens. But mm -hmm. every single queen was groomed mm -hmm. to be the smartest, to be the best, to be the most you know, eloquent. They were groomed that way. And it was education number one. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. You see a pretty girl, she gets lip injections and she has the world you know, at her, at her fingertips. But that fades. Your, yeah. your looks are going to fade and there's going to be the next girl coming in. And then you're like, what do I do with my life? Yeah. So that's, that's what, that's what breaks my heart with social media. I have to take a cleanse every once in a while because it makes me sad. What our younger generation are aspiring to, right? Nobody wants to own their own business. They're doing collaborations with beauty companies, clothing brands. Remember back in the day when like Kimora Lee Simmons, mm -hmm. like she was like, okay, I'm going to work for what was it? Baby fat. No, Russell Simmons. I forget who, what company he owned. But he had his own clothing line and then she started baby fat and then she started doing her own stuff. And all of these women's Kathy Ireland, her own name on it. They started wow. really doing it for themselves rather than collaborations. Yeah. They wanted to have something of their own. Yeah. Nowadays, nobody, nobody's doing that. No, they're, they're, nobody does that. They're, they're doing collaborations and making the brand lots of money. Mm -hmm. So if we could go back to training our women or even, even the younger generation to aspire to, to have something of their own, 
yeah. then we're far better in a far better place than we are right now. 100%. So let's, what do you see? Because I mean, again, you, you have such a different take on things too, which is why I love talking about, you know, all of this with you, <laughs> because I feel like I'm so like, I'm like, I sometimes just have my blinders on as far as brands and influencers and whatnot, but you've been in the modeling game, you know, you've been in kind of the Hollywood scene, you've been, you've seen all these, you know, OGs and also people that have made it or that fake it or whatever. Where do you see social media going? I think I don't see Instagram phasing out anytime soon. Um, I think that honestly, YouTubers make more than Instagram um, influencers do. Wow. Every single time somebody reaches out to me, they ask me for my YouTube numbers, which again, it's like, I have to hit them back with, yeah, no, like, no, like for me, <laughs> for me, no. And, yeah. and even though podcasts are, there are so many podcasts out there. Again, all you need is a small group of people that are loyal, you know, listeners, followers, yeah. and you have that kind of like in, in your pocket if you need it. I think that because actors and models kind of were starting to, to get put on the back burner and influencers were taking over, I see influencers really now starting to have to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. And social media is now becoming, even though it's the wild, wild west, brands are getting smart and asking for their numbers. They're asking yeah. for their engagement. And that's going to start to really affect a lot of people and their money. So I think that if people aren't careful, social media can be kind of like the, the, Cam oh no, what is it? The, the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. Like that could be the end of their career because they were so used to numbers and so used to people not knowing how to market and get the ROIs yeah. on their influencers. Now they're really going to have totally. to prove themselves. What's going to happen too is maybe Instagram is going to turn into Facebook to where it's going to be direct click. Mm -hmm. And then if that's the case, then if you're not driving traffic to people's sites, then you probably won't be getting paid. 100%. Well, Something too that I know that we do for our girls, like any type of personal brand that we consult or work with, I teach them analytics. Mm -hmm. I have to. Yeah. And they'll, I mean, they'll look at their numbers and go, oh my God, I had no idea. Or even, not even that, but even getting as simple as your demographic. Yeah. You know, who's, who's the girl, who's your OG follower? Who's your cult following? Yeah. Who's, you know, what's your thousand fans that are the ones that are, if you put out a course or a download, they're going to buy, you know, like who are those people? And people don't even... You know, I, again, I shouldn't say that because I'm biased because I've been, I, you know, I studied marketing in college and I, you know, I own the agency and everything like that. So that's in my, that's ingrained in me. Right. But most people don't know that. Most people don't know how to read numbers. And I mean, I, like I said, I've even talked to brands and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll send over their media kit. And they're like, oh yeah, we should probably, we'll look at that. We'll take a look. And I'm like, really? That's not the first thing you asked for? No, Is but also monthly stats and the last three months? influencers don't even know how to do media kits. That's what it's like. It's oh so crazy God. to me. It's like, because I used to actually help some of the brands with like the costume companies and, and brands clothing that I've worked with. And they would ask me, cause I, I know a lot of influencers because I started like as one of the OG Instagram yeah. influencers, but these influencers would be like, they would throw out the stupidest numbers. And again, these are like friends of mine where I would hit them <laughs> up and I'm like, I know you're not making that money. Like you cannot no. tell me $10,000 a post. I know you're not making that money. And if I would like to tell them like, oh no, the company decided to go somebody else, they would go from 10,000 a post to 500 a post. That is a big jump. Like you're, if you're shit. making 10 grand a post, you're not going to take anything less because that's what you're worth. Right. Where's your media kit? Oh, well, no, I have my Instagram. They would screenshot their Instagram and send it to me. So I'm like, you start to really see who's serious and yeah. who just is like, give me, give me, give me. And it cut out a lot of, like I said, the toxic people that I thought were friends mm -hmm. when they were even trying to play me. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to bring you money. I'm like, 
$500 is more than what's in your pocket right now. Right. Do you want it or not? And for you to like insult me and say you made $10,000 a post, like that, that to me, I'm just like, you're, you're making me look stupid right now. And that, that would really start to make me feel that all these people were just like giving numbers because they thought that they could. Yeah. And then it was all fake. So let me ask you a question. Cause I know we, so I guess I get what, from what I've heard, like industry average is what, like a hundred bucks per every hundred follower or something like that. Is Again, that not anymore? Like before it, it was around that, but now it's engagement. Like okay. now people do. And the smart thing to do, it's like brand deals through the whole like year or like six months because long-term yeah. provides actual like relationships and for me, that's the same with me. Like, I don't promote anything one-offs. Like, everything right. I do, it, it will be a long-term well, campaign. I think it also, too, I mean, if we're looking at, you know, I see these influencers, too, where, like, I mean, the other day, I saw this. I'm not not even fucking kidding. It was, like, some type of post for, I want to say, like, like, a toothbrush company or something. And the influencer had posted a photo and the toothbrush was, like, in the back mm-hmm. end view. It wasn't even focused. And that was their post. And it was supposed to be like this authentic feeling thing of like them and their toothbrush or whatever. But it was like, if I was a brand, I'd be fucking pissed. And, okay. Like, so I, I would be so pissed at that kind of content. And this is, so when I do, when I go around and I do public speaking on brands, on brand partnerships with influencers, it's like, okay, so I go back and forth on this because I agree with you. But then at the same time, the posts that are up front where it's like holding the toothbrush, like in front totally. of the camera, that's not authentic either. No. So when you approach influencers, what should happen is using the stories mm-hmm. as like the real engagement and saying, I love this. It's great. Da, da, da. Or even the swipe method, like have right. the toothbrush in focus, but actually use it. Companies aren't, well, the smart ones are actually asking for stories as well. Influencers will now get paid only on stories and I not on the post that. because stories are right at the top front and center. And if you are following a lot of people, those main posts they'll just like get, you know, lost in, in, in the mix. Yeah. So stories are becoming more valuable and people are asking for insights on the stories mm-hmm. versus the actual posts on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So who knows what's going to happen next? Maybe now people are only going to do videos versus, you know, the, the pictures or Snapchat. Like I said, Snapchat was my baby and I got offered so much money to promote on Snapchat, but that was like my diary. Like there was no real reason for me to make money off of it because I liked that aspect. My stories on Instagram, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, not totally. getting paid to promote on there because that's me. Like if I'm going to curse on there, if I'm going to talk about my son talking to me about masturbation and me wanting to jump out of the fucking window, <laughs> that's going to be the real shit. How am I going to post about my son asking me about masturbation and saying this toothbrush is great. I use it every single day. Like it doesn't make any sense. So I think that when brands are reaching out, they need to know their influencer. Yeah. If a toothbrush company reached out to me, it'd probably be smart to have me have my son involved with it because people that know me will know that my son is so he's so a part of my stories and that would be more authentic me and my son would use it they don't care though brands still aren't up to like the fact like you can pay somebody five thousand dollars to promote your toothbrush you didn't make one dollar because why numbers were great doesn't matter what if your demographic i'm just saying you didn't move the sales needle dude that all comes down to i mean let's let's be really frank marketing is about revenue yep Mark, my only job is to make sure, number one, I'm developing a brand for exposure and for complete overall reach, but also two, so that they could be more successful. Like that's the whole purpose of advertising. That's what advertising comes down to is nickel and dimes. So I 100% agree with you. And I think it's really honestly interesting too. I had this really amazing girl on my team. She was an influencer. She still kills it out in San Diego. Her name's Lindsay. And 
one day she was pitching to a brand and I remember I was talking to her about it and she was like, yeah, you know, I always send over ideas that I have for the content that I'm going to create. And then also past work that I've done for other brands. So number one, they can see what my aesthetic is. They can see what what a real influencer should do and does blows my mind that you have. And I, you know what I understand too, because I mean, when again, look, talking about traditional marketing, you know, like I always use NASCAR for an example, right? So like Lowe's puts in millions and millions and millions of dollars into Jimmy Johnson. Mm -hmm. Lowe's is pulling their sponsorship from Jimmy Johnson and they're turning it into other avenues such as influencer marketing. So, you know, you, you do have these major, major corporations that are pulling out of this traditional types of marketing or sponsorships. Yeah. Like the TV promos and all that. Yeah. Totally. And they're putting it into influencers. So I get it that it's not a big, it's a drop in the bucket to them when it's like five grand per post, but it's also like, how do you not know to ask for these things? How do you not know what your return is going to look like? And that's what kills me is when I, you know, and that's what we'd even talk about with our consulting clients is like, you know, be somebody too that, I mean, you probably know this, be somebody that people want to work with too afterward because you did such a good exactly. job. Exactly. And then as if this is your bread and butter, like that's, you need to, you yeah. need to have that, that relationship because what's going to happen when, you know, the first of the month comes around and you're like, oh yeah, like I, I have no brands that want to work with me. It's like, well, because you probably overpromised mm-hmm. and underdelivered. Totally. but the idea is see, but another thing too, if you're an influencer and you're providing content, I love that you pitch ideas. That being said, there are brands that fish for ideas and they will go with somebody cheaper. So that's another thing that's really rough is as an influencer, I understand what we have to go through, Mm -hmm. but more than likely I tend to to side with the brands Mm -hmm. because I've worked with so many brands and I know that influencers ask too much and they're divas and, Mm -hmm. and I've lost friendships over these girls that I'm like, who do you think you are? Like, I remember you two years ago and you were struggling, like cocktailing, you know, at a nightclub in LA and now you're traveling the world, but you forgot where you came from. So you're just saying, basically go fuck yourself to these brands that are giving you money and they ask for a, you to go like a little extra mile, but you won't. So you're going to, you're going to burn your candle out at both ends. Like it's definitely yeah. going to come a time where influencers are going to have to be this above all, you know, and, and this person that's going to give more than they had initially signed up for totally if not then nobody's going to want to work with you again that's why for everything i do my stories are so key and i'm yeah. only taking on brands that i want to be involved in yeah there was a company i think it was like like a vape company yeah. one post one post on my social media on instagram 12 grand no way one post oh my god <laughs> maybe would have taken me five seconds like to just hold you know one of the vape things for one post and i had to say no and again right. There are some influencers that are making $100,000 a post. But for me, $12,000 as a single mom is still a lot of money for five seconds out of that's my still, time. That's a lot of money, period. That, but yeah, but people <laughs> laugh like, oh, I could have gotten more. But no, no, no. For me coming from nothing, every amount of money that I make, I'm very thankful for because yeah. I didn't have anything growing up. I only We could only afford thrift stores. We, could, we never ate at restaurants. My son growing up had every year season passes to Disneyland to the point where now he doesn't want to go because he's just tired of Disneyland. <laughs> My child is the only child that doesn't like Disneyland because we've been too many times. So I'm actually creating a beast that I need to hone in and like check that. But no, so any amount of money, again, at the, at the beginning of the month when all my bills are due, it's still hard for me to remember what I was making versus now where it's like, no, like a vape store or like a weed thing or whatever it is like that doesn't make sense for me. And and I don't want people to think that I'm just making a quick buck because I do want to come out with my own products. I don't know what yet, but I know that when I do, I want people to follow it or buy it because 
I'm genuine and yeah. I want them to believe in me. Yeah. So yeah. So a lot of influencers will take that like quick buck and now brands are starting to, to get smart and be like, Oh, you really did put five seconds of your time into this. Mm-hmm. We spent 12,000, 50,000, whatever it is, a thousand, those brands still paid. Yeah. They expect a little bit more. Yeah. So they're starting to get smarter and say like, no, what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. And as an influencer media kit ideas, and maybe even turning it into more of like a long-term partnership is what a professional influencer should be doing. 100%. And I think too, a lot of girls, you know, we, I don't, and I say this and I say this very tender because I've seen so many amazing women create businesses out of this. And like you said, create their incomes out of this. Mm -hmm. But I also do too see girls that don't have that kind of thinking because maybe they were just thrown into it. Maybe they don't have a background in business. Maybe they don't understand contracts or agreements or whatever. But I, and I, I mean, I think, everyone that we've, that I've ever worked with too, on my personal end, I loved connecting them. I love being that like source of need. And I remember one time I had a business coach tell me, Whitney, if you can be the person that they can call for anything, you will be the most, you know, priceless asset they could ever ask for or ever have. 100%. And I love that. And I even, so long, whatever, going long-term and thinking these long-term contracts and things like that, like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to create a relationship with a brand that you have such a strong connection with that, you know, they're leveraging you, you're leveraging them, you're connecting people, you're making money off it. And it's a good, solid, healthy relationship. That's like, that's like business. That's amazing business that you could be doing. And I just don't think people no, I don't think a lot of these girls are getting that yet. And also I think it's still so competitive. And again, I went from moving to LA thinking that I had, you know, all of these friends. Now I think women are so scared or even just influencers in general, nobody wants to help anybody. Nobody wants to share. Nobody wants to give advice for free. Nobody like, so people are still like, Oh, I believe in you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. And they'll put little captions, you know, like, I stand for women or, you know, girls will comment like, oh my God, you look so great. But the second that you call and say, hey, I love that clothing company you're wearing. Can Mm -hmm. I have their connection or can I have their email? It's like dead silence because they're so scared. But the more that you help each other, and I've been burned many, many, many times for connecting brands with influencers that to where like I was completely cut out because they started working with somebody else, whatever the case may be, but it never stopped me from wanting to help people because the second that I become callous and because if I start to really doubt myself, Mm -hmm. I'm only hurting myself. You're the only person that can stand in your own way. I love connecting people. I think it's great to be able to offer collaboration because it's, it's helping somebody else. And I would expect the universe, (laughs) the secret, the universe (laughs) to bring the same thing to, to connect me and to keep me, as honest as I can be. So if somebody reaches out to me and say, Hey, I'd love to work with, you know, the Beverly Hills hotel. If I have their email, I'm not going to say, Oh yeah, no, I lost it. Or, Oh no, no. Well, here's the email. Good luck. If it, if it works out great, because I don't devalue myself. I know that I'm also an asset to the Beverly Hills hotel or, you know what I mean? So I think girls really need to start getting that out of their head that you can create something so amazing with the help of other females and the support from other females. Because at the end of the day, this industry is so lonely because you lose sight and you lose track of what's important. And that is, it's a connection. That's all people want is a connection, whether it's family relationships, business, you know, your kids, it's connection. And you can make yourself a hermit and you, you can totally disassociate yourself. And at the end of the day, you really don't know what's up from down because you didn't stay true to yourself. So I think that everybody just needs to cut the bullshit and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing, how much money everybody else is making 
if you're happy, healthy, you have a roof over your head, everything else is just icing on the cake. Oh God, I love you. I think that's so great. So I think you brought up a really good point too. I kind of want to move into this, but you know, you've been to influence, you went, you went to our brunch, Mm -hmm. you kind of know what we're trying to do. And you know, one of the things that we've hone in on is the mental health aspect of social media, because it is, like you said, it is in lonely industry, whether or not people see it as that. And also it takes a toll on you. So what do you think, you know, as somebody that has such a big following, how do you feel like you can positively influence or positively impact your community? Well, I mean, a few years ago, my community was mostly male-based. So I kind of came into it just modeling, just making, you know, money off of social media. And now fast forward a few years, all I want to do is help people. And and it is female-based and I guess semi-feminist, but I still believe in female positivity as far as like body and, 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 and looks. And if you want Botox, go get Botox. So all these women are like, oh, you know, they're shaming beautiful women or girls getting, you know, breast implants, doing all this. It's like, everybody's so worried about everybody else that all I want to do is embrace every single unique thing about each other and to support a group of misfits. And I think that with me and and my following that are female based, we all feel like misfits. We all feel like champagne at brunch is fine. Like, like having kids (laughs) and enjoying, you know, Wait, is that wrong ever? No, everybody, every, every mom or every, you know, everybody has this stigma about who you were before you had kids, who you were before you went to school, who you were before Mm. you got married, you lose that about you. And and I try to promote, it's hard being a mom. It's hard having a, a job in general, whether you work in a nine to five, whether you're an influencer, life is, is fucking hard. So the more that you can be real with each other and say, I've had such a rough day, I'm going to go get a drink. Who wants to join me rather than my life is perfect. I have the best, you know, kids ever. No, when my son stresses me out, I talk about it because other people go through it. Just nobody wants to connect in that way because it's vulnerability. Everybody wants to be perfect. It's like, no, like you lose touch with your audience or you lose touch with even friends around you when you put up this front of perfection. Yeah. So with me, the one person that stuck out at your event was Billy. Yes. I Billie never, Lee. I had never heard of her. I don't watch TV. Like mm-hmm. I'm not really, again, social media. I usually just post and then yeah. I'm off social media for my own like personal mental health. She was amazing. And so I connected yeah. with her after, and we've been in touch via social media. Oh, and I wow. love that your event brought women together that wanted the same thing that I did. Yeah. But again, nobody knew that. No. So once, once you have a good group of women that come together for the same reason, magic happens. Like 100%. that's all you need. I did a meet and greet with some of my followers in Las Vegas. So basically my Botox lady told me, she goes, Hey, I'm having a Valentine's day special. If you promote it, I'll hook you up. And I'm like, no, like, why don't I do a meet and greet? Like I, I have oh, so many women that want to yeah. say hi, but it's kind of weird to be like, Hey, we should be best friends. Let's grab drinks. I know that a lot of women think that that's weird. Yeah. So basically on my private page for my females only, I said, my girl's offering 50% off of all fillers, Botox. If you guys want to come to Vegas, meet me out there. Oh, so I got cool. such a good response to the point where my, the, the Botox, um, and all the nurses were running around their heads cut off. Cause there were so many girls, but we educated all of them on like what they should get, how long it takes, how long it lasts. And these group of girls are like, I've been following you for so long. And I thought that we would be good friends, but like, I didn't know how to reach out. And so that little meet and greet 
made my heart so happy because we grabbed drinks, we talked Botox, we all got our faces lit the fuck up. And <laughs> and these girls were either moms or just got out of relationships. They were real women that yeah. all they wanted to do was connect with somebody that says, you have this following, you've made it, but you struggle with the same shit that we do. And all we need is like somebody to say like, I get you. And for me, it's like, trust me, I fucking get you. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so your event, like it was amazing that the panel that you had, oh, I was like, you. wow, this is not like a normal whether it's a beauty event, a clothing event, you know, it was an actual, it had us thinking to where yeah. like, oh shit, like this is something that needs to be talked about more. And it is mental health, especially with females, because we're so worried about aging and, and about mm-hmm. how we look and, and body dysmorphia that we forget that we're all the same. We totally. all have, it's, it's, what is it? Um, we just all have different battles pretty much, but yeah. we're all the same when it comes to just trying to get through day to day and doing the best that we can. So your event was actually, I really did like it. Oh, you're so sweet. I know we're, we're, you know, I, I, it was so cool because we always call influence, the influence movement, a happy accident, you know, because in complete honesty, when we launched our first one in San Diego, it was to get in with influencers to help out our brands and our clients. Right. And hearing, you know, these girls talk and seeing the response we got. And then even in LA, you know, talking about, you know, women talking about the transgender community, talking about, you know, just every, you know, just, just what's happening in this space. Yeah. People aren't talking about, you see it, you spend two hours a day on it, Yeah, but you don't really understand the side effects or what's happening within your own personal self. And you know, I mean, again, I would, someone asked me too, they're like, how do you balance like client accounts and your own personal account? And I was like, you know, sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like I wake up and I see something about, you know, maybe another girl having an event or somebody that I really, you know, admire and they're kicking ass. Yeah. And I can't help but feel like I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, nobody wants to admit it. No one wants to admit it. Oh, I'm doing great. And that person could go fuck themselves. And I, you know, and you start to envy it and it's okay yeah. to yeah. want better things for you, but it has nothing to do with that other person. But yeah. it's, it's weird to, to not realize and like the power of now, like Eckhart Tolle, like all those books, like it really makes you check your ego because you want so hard to dwell on things and blame yourself. Mm-hmm. And, but instead of doing that, you blame other people. Oh, oh they must They must have slept with this person. They, you're like, oh, their family came from money. It's like, no, no, no. But why are you wasting so much energy on, on them yeah. when you should be? And it's hard. It's, it's so, so hard, hard to not do that. Yeah. And it's, it, it messes you up. Yeah. It totally messes you up in the head. And I remember, you know, it's really cool. I just brought on our partner, a partner for the first time in Nexus marketing. Cause I needed help with the business. <laughs> I need help with all of it. And, um, there was this agency that launched and they used our, they used a very similar website layout design. They called it a similar name kind of thing, everything. And I was like, fuck mm-hmm. this, like, fuck this. Like, really? Like I worked my ass off. Like I came up with everything and my girlfriend goes, and I'll, I'll, and I say this to everybody now because she totally said it to me and I literally almost started crying. She's like, you're Beyonce. She's like, whether or not, whatever anybody else does. And she they're goes, poor Michelle. And they're, <laughs> No, but like, she's like, you're Beyonce. She's like, everybody's Beyonce. She's like, you can't look at that kind of stuff. She's like, your gig is probably so much different than hers. And you know what, because whatever we see, you know, and it's totally within ourselves that we get this insecurity and then we get this intense, weird reaction because we feel like we're not good enough. And, and that's it, human nature, it's but it's totally human it's nature. every day. It's kind of like, um, I talked to my son about this cause he loves to draw. He's such a great artist. And I told him, 
that I wanted to enroll him in art school. And he says, but mom, like I'm already an artist. I don't need to go to art school. I'm like, okay, (laughs) calm the fuck down. But no, anybody like basketball player, a ballerina, a gymnast, you train, you practice. Self-love and care is the same shit. It's something you have to work at every single day. And you don't just wake up great. You have to work at greatness. And a lot of people forget that just like you go to your job, you know, whether it's nine to five or, or, you know, a few hours preparing content, you're working towards whatever the end goal is. It's the same thing with working on yourself and aspiring to be better than you are now. The only competition you have should be yourself. It still doesn't mean you're not going to go through shit just at a job or or being a mom. You still have these wrenches that are thrown in. But at the end of the day, when you remember that I have to wake up and choose to work on this, I have to wake up and choose to be happy and and to work on my happiness. It's not going to come easy, but the more you do it and it's repetition, the more it it becomes easier, it becomes easier. But second you go on social media and you see everybody else doing fucking fabulous Nobody knows that struggle. People probably look at your social media and like, oh my God, I want to be her, what I would give. She gets to meet all these people. She's so connected. And here you are waking up some days like, fuck, I feel like a piece of shit. Totally. So it is, it's, it's this weird like comparison, but we all deal with different shit and we all feel Mm -hmm. shitty. It's just making sure that we're really checking into like what's going on. 100%. I think you could have said it better. I think, you know, that getting inside your head and you know, that fraud mentality or that insecurity or anything like that. You're right. Everyone feels it. And even if people that aren't involved in social media, you know, like you said, everyone has their battles. Everyone goes through the same shit and we are all literally the same. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's something too, that I think we, if I could, if I could do one thing with this company, it would be to talk about that and also to reject it and to reject, you know, like I tell people constantly, they're like, how do you deal with like, you know, like, (laughs) <laughs> they're like, well, like what podcast do you listen for inspiration? And I'm like, sometimes I don't listen to podcasts for inspiration. Cause sometimes it makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Sometimes the constant motivation doesn't motivate me. So yeah. I'm I'll call it as it is. Sometimes I'm super insecure about it and it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough, but you know, there's also people too that I look to and it's the complete opposite and I love it and I can be inspired by them or whatever. And I tell people on social media too, like they'll be obsessed with one influencer or they'll be obsessed with girls bodies or you know, these young, beautiful girls that are like, like you said, like 15 and they look like they're 30 and mm-hmm. they're perfect. And it's like, have you ever heard of the mute button? Like turn that shit off mute. Like you don't need that in your life. Like there are things too that you can control on social media. You just have to have that boundary and that self-discipline and it's, no one wants to do it, but it's, it's healthy and it and, makes your life so much better. Like you said, when you listen to the podcast and when you, when you listen, there are times that everybody can wake up and put on something that's supposed to be motivational or like all the books that I have and I'll, and I'll read it. Yeah. I just want to tell them to shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> today is not the day for me to be motivated and that's okay too. And, yeah. and I got into this mentality where it's like, why are you sad? Why are you so hard on yourself? You have a great life. Everybody like will DM you and say, you know, that they wish they could be you. And, and, and you forget that you're a human being. And mm-hmm. some days nobody can say anything to you that'll make you feel better. Right. And you're allowed to have those days. Oh, hell you're yeah. allowed to feel like, Every mom that I meet, they're like, I feel like a shitty mom. We all feel like we're not doing good enough, but we are. We're doing the best that we can. So when you have those moments, whether you have kids or not, or you're kick-ass at your job, or you have your podcast or your businesses, there are days that nobody can tell you anything because you just have one of those days. Yeah. Not admitting that, that's the bad part. That's where you're just like, no, 
you become numb because you just force yourself to be a robot in a machine. And then you, you do become callous and you're like, fuck, like, I don't even know what I feel anymore because you don't allow yourself to feel. Yeah. It's okay. That, like I take once in a while, I stay in bed all day. Yeah. Like, I'm like, <laughs> because I've worked so hard that yeah. my body crashes and, and my, my, I'm just so drained. And people will say like, you have to force yourself and get up and go to the gym. It's like, fuck you guys. Like, no, no. today is my day. Netflix is my best friend. Tomorrow's <laughs> a different day. And I allow myself to feel that, but it took 30 something years for me to actually know what my gut feeling feels like, because before I never trusted it. I was like, no, I should be happy. I should be, you know, working from six in the morning to like 9 PM, then go to events. Like I was telling myself to do something because I thought that's what I should be doing where now it's like, I need two days to just disconnect and not talk to anybody, whether it's family, friends, work. And I allow myself that to, to where I feel revived and I feel good when I do go back to work. Social media could be such a blessing and it, is a curse if you allow it to be 100%. I think that's probably the truest thing that you've that I've ever heard because I think too, that we blame a lot of social media when in reality, like you said, you let that, you let mm -hmm. that, you let that come into your life. Mm -hmm. You make the active choice to say, okay, I'm going to let this make me feel Affect like this, you. or yeah. I'm going to look at this and make, you know, a negative self talk myself down or whatever it is. And that's, you know, I mean, delete Instagram for a month, you know, delete, get off, you know, unplug your phone and go on a vacation or go somewhere where you like, well, will be disconnected for like, I went to Mexico or Cabo for my birthday and me and my girlfriend had so much fun. I think I posted one time and I remember it was actually really funny. I remember my Instagram insights like tanked and I I really like looked over at her and she's like, you haven't posted like one photo. She's like, you haven't asked me for a photo. She's like, you haven't done like anything. I was like, yeah, I was it like, feels and good. I was like, and I'm like so happy. Like yeah. I'm literally so happy. And like, it's just, you know, like you said, like we're all human beings at the end of the day. And I think too, we get so it's such a weird time in our generation because we have such instant access and instant gratification and instant everything. And so much information overload that like, like you said, sometimes like we don't check ourselves. We don't check our egos. We don't check what's happening and really be self-aware of what's going on around we, us. We become somebody different. We become somebody insecure. We become mm -hmm. somebody who compares themselves to other people. But think about like when we grew up and there was no social media, we were playing outside. Yeah. We had bikes. We like, my son doesn't even know how to ride a bike. And I'm like, every time <laughs> I try to like get him on a bike, it's like they're glued to everything and you have to I think parents get it twisted to where it's like we evolved, you know, technology wise. And we, we, mm. I had video games. I remember that, but it was healthy for us to, to connect yeah. to something like nature, to go on, you know, on heights and stuff that we forget where we came from. And we just let ourselves evolve when me and my son fight. It's like this weird thing to where it's like, I click and I'm like, Oh no, we're not connected. Like we're, we're so either I'm just obsessed with work and I've been stressed out and he's, you know, with school, that I make him take his phone and I, I actually put him in my bedroom and then I have my phone where I put him in my bedroom. And we sit and we talk, we play games, we play Monopoly, we play chess. We do that. And I'm like, oh my God, we haven't had this much fun in so long oh. because that was a connection like yeah. that we had lost. So when we're glued to our phones and, and our kids, remember when we were growing up and our parents like actually spent time with us and we went to the or park we, and we did like all when this. When they would kick us out of the house and then lock the doors because my mom did that constantly. Oh, the back, <laughs> yeah, the backyard. I was making like mud pies for my siblings. They had to eat grass and it was the most delicious salad because I made it. No, and nowadays all parents do and, and I'll go to restaurants and I'll see these kids with their iPads. My son, when he was growing up, no, we had those little like 
you know, coloring things to where like the mm -hmm. placemats would change different colors when they touched it. Now these kids that are babies have these iPads in front of them and they're sitting with them. I'm like, oh my God, we've become so numb to what stimulation is. Yeah. We think Instagram and social media stimulation, it, it's not. It More than likely it's going to fuel bad, you know, uh, feelings as far as comparing. Totally. Using social media to connect, I meet a lot of cool, actually, people that I've dated in the past. I've used social media to meet them, but I've met a lot of cool women and I've met a lot of cool men by social media, other yeah. moms, other single dads. So that was used for a positive impact in my life. The second I start to feel like I am comparing myself, I turn my phone off because I'm like, no, that what they're doing good for them, but I don't need to compare myself. Yeah. Like, you know, taking my son and traveling is my goal. Like for high school, I want him to be homeschooled because I want to travel with him and I want to live in a different country with him and have him learn different languages. That to me, you can't, you couldn't pay me. You're such a badass mom. But that's that's, so I, don't know gonna, I don't know what he's going to want. He might hate me by that time. I don't know because I have all these great ideas and I'm like, hi, you just have no idea how fucking great you have it. Like I want to educate you and influence you in, in these great ways that I was never afforded. My first time on an airplane was a job that I booked. Like I booked oh. it. My parents can afford plane tickets. My yeah. mom traveled all throughout like Italy. She, she went through, um, um, what is it called? Like she went to college abroad. Like she had a great life, but when she had met my dad, she was super poor. And then we grew up poor. So I have all of these things that I forget. I worked so hard for that. I even take for granted yeah. that my son is taking for granted. So when I say like, Hey, I want it for high school. I want you. Cause I was homeschooled. Yeah. I want you to go and, and know what it's like to live in these countries where there, there is no iPads, there is no video games, like, totally. and be, be somebody completely different outside of your norm. To me, that sounds like a great idea. But again, all I'm trying to do is plant little seeds in hopes that it will build a better community of moms or a better community yeah. of people trying to connect with their, with their peers. And for women, what you're doing, that's all we could ask for because it's hard for just one person to make a difference. But when you start to get people like-minded together in a room, you can, you can change some shit. Let me tell you, you get a few, you get a few determined women together. Yeah. I mean, you can change a lot. And that's what I'm hoping for the women that follow me. I'm hoping that I can inspire just a little bit of change to make them feel like they can do it no matter the age, no matter where they are in life. Because I started so late in the game, but I, I went from nothing to something. Even now I'm evolving and changing every single day. And what matters to me changes all the time, yeah. but I'm allowing that to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love you. I think this, I mean, this, you have so much value to just drop. I feel like my brain's like melting because I'm just like taking it all in and it's amazing. And I, I, you know, I love that you have, you know, I love that your son is such a big part of your life and that you're also too, not only are you like one fit into this social media game for you and for your business and your brand, but then you're also seeing him grow up with it. And you're also thinking about, you know, ways that you're, I don't want to say dealing with it, but the ways that you're going to be raising him. With yeah. It. And that's what, if I'm in the limelight, so is he. Yeah. I want him to be in the limelight. If it's going to, again, like a lot of parents are like, my son draws and he gets picked on in school because he's not athletic and he's not this. I'm like, well, my son, it's the same thing. Like mm -hmm. my son, it can hold a conversation with any adult, but he's different around his peers because I'm always around adults and I bring him everywhere. Right. A lot of parents hire sitters all the time. And for me, it's like, no, he can come and sit down and have dinner with us because because I know because he can handle he it. can handle it. So the more that you get them around, and for me, when we do fun stuff, we go bowling, we go you know play laser tag. I find joy in what he likes 
Same with like when we spend quality time together. So if I can inspire other parents, especially single moms, to be in their kid's life and really communicate, do I want to talk to my son about masturbation and about, you know, (laughs) being picked on? Like, no, it hurts my heart. And like, as a mom, I just want to die on the inside. But I know how important that is that we have that open communication that he can come to me for anything. Like for the first time he drinks, you know, tries drugs, whatever it is. A part of me will die on the inside, but I've raised him to communicate enough to where he feels safe and comfortable. And that's my job as a parent. If anything else, if he wants to be, you know, musician, whatever, that's his journey. But my job as a parent is to keep him safe and to know that he has somebody when shit hits the fan, I will always be there. And if other moms can really start to to get that inside of not being this perfect mom and this perfect Susie homemaker and, you know, all the chores have to be done. It's like, no, like delegate. Like if you need help and you want to work a a nine to five job and you want to do this, hire, you know, a housekeeper, do all that. We're not in the fifties and sixties to where we can be vulnerable and say, I can't fucking do it all. Like I need help. And I say it, I need help. And guess what? I get help if I need it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to have a glass of wine in the back because you're so stressed out. All these women are like, Oh my God, you drink at home alone. I'm like, who does? People don't. I'm, I'm like, so, wait, I'm what? sorry. I'm 25 and I'm a big advocate of glass of wine after work. I'm like, I need this is, it. This is medicine. <laughs> this is grapes. Like, what, what do you mean? This is like, I'm getting my fruit group, you know, in order tonight. <laughs> like, I didn't have my vegetables today, so I'm going to stick to my fruit. No, but again, it, it's this perfect being of like super mom. It's like, you don't always have to be super mom. There's a yeah. lot of moms. I love my therapist. I call my therapist my fucking expensive friend because it's nice once in a while to just vent and know that you have somebody that's like, you're fine. Like, it's okay. Friends will tell you what they want you to hear. Yeah. My therapist, I have no problem talking about going to therapy because I I feel better. As long as you feel good. Yeah. It's okay to say like, hey, I need help once in a while. 100%. And I love that. I think that you're so right on with it because- we lack that transparency. We lack, we lack that vulnerability. And, you know, I'm hoping too, that this women movement that Mm -hmm. we're seeing right now, I hope that that inspires that. And, and, you know, I feel like it already has, I feel like we're having conversations as women, you know, not only about the workplace, but also about everything else that's happening in our lives. And then you're seeing this community really develop and it's, I mean, it's so necessary. And I, well, when people think like that, the women, like the women's movement and and they think feminist, they think man hater. And it makes me laugh so much where it's like, are you a feminist? It's like, well, in in some ways, yes, I do think that I am, but automatically the stigma of like, oh, you hate men. It's like, no, I don't like people who don't treat everybody equal. I don't like that. I give everybody the same respect. And my dad raised me with this saying, and it, and I teach my son this, if you're nice to me, but not nice to the waiter, you're not a nice person. And I've always thought that growing up to where I don't care who you are. You give every single person respect. And my son, my favorite thing about ordering Postmates, my favorite thing (laughs) is my son. I make my son get the door and he'll open the door. He'll say, thank you. Have a great day. Like that to me melts my heart because I know that I'm not telling him to say that he saw from me and, and how I was raised and how I treat people. He's doing the same thing holds the door open for women. I don't tell him that it's because I hold the door open for older women or for ladies coming in. So he's mimicking me without me having to teach him. And that's my job also as a mom is to show him, you have to be nice to everybody. Some people won't deserve your respect, but you give it to them anyways. The second that they abuse it, then have your own personal boundaries and say like, it's, that's not good for me anymore, but don't go off of somebody's age, race, gender, whatever it is 
and judge from that because I've met so many people that have impressed me and I've met a lot of people who I thought I would be impressed by who have really not like they were mm. like the worst kind of person you could meet and it's because I judged a book by its cover and so when right. you treat everybody as equal you are really honestly pleasantly surprised with who can come into your life and completely change it that's so amazing I mean I'm kind of the same way because I mean I look at first off I love that your son is your son freaking rocks love him he's already a, he's a good kid <laughs> he gets on my fucking nerves sometimes but it's because I'm a single mom and I'm allowed to be stressed once in a while but no yeah. he is a good kid well, and I mean, like, I kind of relate too, because I mean, I was raised by a single dad and people, you know, it's really funny because people, a lot of people, I don't think know that. So a lot of these women are like, oh, you're such a woman inspired, you know, you inspire me, you inspire women, all this stuff. And I'm, and oh, you know, you're such a feminist and all this thing. And I was like, they, and then they find out I was raised by a single dad. And it was because I was raised by a single dad that taught me never to take any shit yeah. and also to treat everyone equally. And you know, it's really, really funny too, because when you get in that kind of time span and you, you know, I, he just always, he raised me the exact same way. You know, everybody has something going on. Everybody deserves freedom and deserves respect. And you are to give that because you are to respect it back and expect it back. And so for, I mean, and I think that's so interesting too, because I'm the same exact way. I love inspiring women. I think there's some feminists out there where I'm like, shit like come on don't ruin this for all of us like we're working our asses off you right. know don't say that you're a man hater because i don't hate men i love men no and I, my my stepdad is my best friend yeah. i i don't really know my real biological father and my mom kind of bounced early on in my life so my stepdad and it's funny when people because my dad's just like looks like mario from super mario brothers my stepdad. <laughs> so when people like here like when i say dad they look at him like oh you must look like your mom but my stepdad raised me since i was four and he is my best friend so everything and he's worked two jobs ever since i can remember because he had to take care of three kids that weren't his and two that he had with my mom. So five of us, he worked two jobs. So I get my work ethic from him, but also my manners from him. And yeah. even my son is so sensitive. If we watch any kind of movies that has racism or anything, I know my son's going to cry. Like he just instantly is so yeah. like empathetic to where he's like, he doesn't understand. And so he goes, mm -hmm. I don't understand how people are so mean. And we're raising our youth now to where it's, it's socially acceptable to have every single color, you know, size, yeah. everything. But us growing up, we still like my mom. It wasn't like that, no. No, if you spoke a different language, your parents were making you only speak English. Yeah. Because they thought that that would be, you know, wrong that you came from somewhere else. Totally. Now you have to know Spanish. Like everybody, every parent wants you to learn any other language because it, it benefits you in life. You know, my, I was talking to a mom and she's teaching her kid Mandarin. Another yes. mom. Yes. Yes. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is, I'm like, I've son, you need to get on the ball. Because <laughs> I don't know, Mandarin. I was like, I started learning Spanish because my mom would teach and, and mm -hmm. so would my, my family. And I'm sitting here thinking now we're so progressive, but then we forget where we came from, what our parents, you know, came mm -hmm. from that we don't emphasize equality enough, even though mm -hmm. we think that we're doing well, like you said, you still have these, these feminists are kind of ruining it. It's mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. Like, can we just evolve it and, and yeah. work together without this stigma of like the complete opposite? Right. No, we're, we're kind of taking a few steps back because we're not remembering where we came from, mm -hmm. what it was like to be a woman in the 50s, 60s, not having a voice, you know, and, and yeah. how we now hold so many cards, but we're also giving women a, a bad name. We've come so far to not come any further. Yeah. No, so, no, I, that's why with you, with you, what you're doing, I cannot wait to see what you guys continue to do because we need that kind of support group. There's yeah. not many out there. And the ones that are out there, like I said, they're extremists where you're like, I don't connect mm -hmm. with that far end of the spectrum. Mm -mm. Women supporting women should be 
just a necessity, but it's not like it's women not. don't do that. And I think that that's the saddest thing. Like we could do yeah. so much more if we had the support of other women. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, we can go on forever. I know. I was going to say, I was like, wait, I have my sitter. I think. I know. Well, we're going to do this. I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. First off, thank you so much for spending time with me and just sharing your truth and your story. And I mean, you're, you're amazing. And I I really, really appreciate hearing you talk. And I, I feel like I relate to you in so many ways. It's kind of weird and I love it. And you're just you're just so genuine. See, social media can be a blessing if you let it. That's, I mean, there's so much love with social media, but at the same time, it's allowing the positive stuff to stay yeah. and just get like letting go of all the negative shit. Totally. Okay, cool. So I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Feel free, whatever, just say whatever comes to your brain. Love it. Okay. Uh, favorite Instagram to stalk? Uh, Skinny Confidential. Yeah, same. Um, your go-to self-love wellness practice? I would say without my phone, spending time with my son. Oh, I love that so much too. Okay. Go-to cocktail. Ooh, I, I was going to say whiskey, but recently it's been tequila, but I'm, I'm going to stick with whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Just Look whiskey neat. And I don't like it. Like, I just like it actually really smoky. Ooh. Yeah. So that's a champagne only once in a while will I do champagne. So okay. it's like a treat, but no, yeah. <laughs> if it go-to is going to be whiskey. Oh man. You're a badass. I love it. Uh, favorite reality TV show reality TV. I'm not much of reality TV. Uh, okay. I only, but my favorite show is criminal minds. Oh girl. Yeah. That's like my so show. Good. Everybody's a suspect now when I go places and I'm scared <laughs> to like look at anybody, but yeah, reality TV. I like documentaries, but I'm more like kind of suspense thrillers, Hannibal criminal minds like that. that. That's my stuff. Okay. I'm a weirdo, I guess. No, 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 no. <laughs> Have you listened to my favorite murder podcast? No. Okay. My favorite murder is by, she's this really, really awesome comedian. She works on a bunch of like writing stuff. Like I think she worked on, uh, Bob's burgers and, and I think she also wrote for, um, what's that one on Netflix. It's like a huge deal. Is it big head or big mouth? Oh yeah. The the animation really. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. she, anyway, she's great. And she has a co-host that's also super amazing. And I think she's involved in the entertainment industry somewhere down the line. Anyway, you got to listen to it because it's great. It's called My Favorite Murder, and they retell all these really, really um, amazing murder stories, but they also really talk about, like, they give, like, um, they just give credit where credit is due to, like, the victims, and it's not just, like, kind of, like, showcasing these crimes. It's, like, really, like, talking about the story and giving it, like, a new light. I'll have to watch it. Okay. Yeah. It's or, no, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Okay, I'll listen It's called to My it. Favorite Murder. Okay. It's amazing. So give me more nightmares. Thank you. No, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I, I And I'll do that at night. I'll watch Criminal Minds and I have to turn on like Parks and Rec, like just so yes. I have something like positive in the background, but I'm obsessed right now with Criminal Minds. So that's my favorite show right now. So good. So good. Okay. The person that you're most inspired by? I guess my dad, my stepdad. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. If not Oprah, but yeah, my stepdad. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. And then... You're the last one, your favorite influencer. My favorite influencer. I mean, as far as like who I am obsessed with, it's Shay Mitchell. Oh, um, she's a good Everything one. as far as like beauty and all of that. But I'm only just obsessed with her face because I want her face. But honestly, favorite influencer to where I feel like I have a connection with and that I follow all over um, is Desi Perkins. Oh, so like that's like best. something I feel like is super cool. I Shay Mitchell. Personality. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I gotta say, she became my favorite when she showed up for Halloween one year in the inflatable chicken suit. Yes, her and her husband. <laughs> that was amazing. But that's what I'm saying. That's relatable. And and I used to, she was one of the only people I would follow on Snap. 
And I'm like, I felt like she was real, but she, was, she is. Totally. It's very hard to find out if people are real or not. And then you start to see on their stories. You're like, okay, I'd be friends with that person. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I can get her on the podcast. Maybe I'll have to you pitch her. do it. I'm going to say, hey, listen. I need you. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Jesse, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for going under the influence with us. Thank you for having me. I hope that uh, I can come back and we can drink some more and talk about more shit. I would love that. <laughs>